0: Byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's buyheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Additional terms and conditions apply.
1: Our family has grown. Welcome
0: to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable. With stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hanna quality for your most precious gift. Hanna soft. Made to last. Shop now at
2: hannahanderson.com. Megan, it's no secret that I'm a
0: maximalist who loves luxe clothing and home goods. It's also no secret that I'm a minimalist who also loves investing in a handful of small lux things that will last in service for a long time, especially for my house. And we both love a good deal,
2: which is why we both become obsessed with OneQuince.com, a one-stop shop
0: for curated luxury goods shipped direct from the world's best specialist factories. Quince partners with factories that produce well-known luxury brands and that demonstrate a commitment to high production standards, fair wages, safety, and sustainability. They also focus on essential products with low design costs, think cashmere cruise, super soft fleece pants, and the down comforters and hotel quality sheets that I stocked up on for my new house. I've also been doing some back-to-school shopping to stock up in fall essentials
2: for me. (laughs) A new denim shirt, everyday gold hoop earrings, and a super cute crossbody bag. Staples I'll wear on repeat all season, shipped
0: directly from the factory, no middle person, no upcharge. Altogether, that's how Quince is able to keep prices up to 50 to 80% lower than other brands. Real simple, in style, Fast Company, Refinery29, and Fortune all agree with us. Quince is a game changer. Take advantage of a brand new offer just for our listeners.
2: Get 10% off any purchase of $100 or more with the code feed 10. There's always free shipping and 365 day returns. Just go to onequince.com slash D-I-J-F-Y. That's O-N-E-Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Quality shouldn't be a luxury. Try Quince today. One of my
1: biggest tips is freeze things in the portion you're actually going to use. So if you know that your family needs three pounds of shredded pork for a meal, that's what they're going to polish off tonight. There's going to be no leftovers. Don't pack more than that in a freezer container because the odds of you using it in the future is going to be less.
0: Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast
2: about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy.
0: And I'm Megan. Before we get into this week's episode, a quick reminder to subscribe right now, right where you're listening. And of course, if you find yourself with an extra minute, we'd love to see your ratings and read your reviews too. Um, Those ratings and reviews help busy home cooks just like you find us and get the help we hope we provide here We do. We provide it. We do.
2: We're going to be definitive.
0: Okay. Yes. 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 People need help. We give it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I was thinking about this this week because I shared something on Instagram about the podcast and and on my personal Instagram. And so I was just like saying, hey, just so you know, I know it's called Didn't I Just Feed You? And our bio says we're like a weekly episode about feeding families. A family can be anything. Like it can be one person. It can be two people. It really is about helping busy home cooks, whether they have kids or, and identify as a family or not. Right?
2: Yeah, totally. If you're feeding a crew of roommates because you guys are on rotation or something like that, this helps. We help. Yes. We're trying to make it easy when you're trying to balance life and, you know, a schedule and a budget, like those are all factors that really intensify once you have kids. But there are also factors when you're younger before you have kids, and you're just trying to learn how to cook too. Like that's a whole other thing, right?
0: Yes. And actually this loops back to the subject of today, which is about how to cook once and eat twice with the wonderful Cassie Joy Garcia, because I think that I think, and this is me looking with a bird's eye view at like food media and also people that I follow that a lot of younger people are getting into meal prep and that And we actually, we've talked about this a little bit when we talk about you feeding your older kids, like having some meal prep components is really, are, is really helpful to feeding them also, right? I think that meal prep can be a great tool when you're like a single person, or when you have like really young kids, or you have older kids. But it can be super challenging to meal prep when you're like in the thick of having toddlers and elementary school age kids, So that's why I love this idea of cooking once and eating twice as a sort of meal prep, meal planning tool, somewhere in between, I would say.
2: Yeah. And we had this conversation. If this episode gets you really jazzed and inspired, you should go back. We have an episode on the art of intentional leftovers with David Tamarkin. David Tamarkin worked at Epicurious for a long time. He was the brains behind their Cook 100 project and cookbook. I
0: think he's moved on from Epicurious at this point. I think he's at King Arthur Flour now. Oh, yeah, that's enough. right. Yeah. Or yes. King Arthur Baking, right? They're not King Arthur, just King Arthur Flour anymore. Right,
2: right. Yes. So David had a very kind of concrete, nuts and bolts. Here's how to think about it. And I think that episode lays a great foundation. What I love about our conversation with Cassie Joy is that she kind of expands on that. Her current cookbook is actually the second in her Cook Once cookbook series. And she also has two kids and is pregnant with a third. So she has a very unapologetic, decidedly parenting point of view on that. So it's kind of their good companion
0: episodes. Yes, I 100% agree. I do feel like there's a small difference between intentional leftovers and this idea of cook once dinner fix which is the title of cassie joy's new book it's more about dinner whereas like intentional leftovers is more about like i'm gonna make a few bulk things throughout the wor- week that i'm going to eat for breakfast eat for le- like take for lunch etc etc so david's a partnered Dude, who yes. lives in a
2: city and doesn't have a kid, so it was like, you know, this is could be great for lunch or a quick dinner that you just whip up for yourself if your partner isn't home. So that's what I love about Cassie Joy is that she's really putting a system together because yes. <laughs> she's got no time to spare, and we feel that. So whether you have kids or not, if you feel like you have no time to spare, this is a really great extension of a conversation that we started with. David
0: yes okay quick check in Stacey before we talk with Cassie Joy what are you are you meal planning meal prepping or fine Ah. by the seat of your pants right now
2: okay so we record a little ahead of time it's the magic of editing and media I am currently in the thick of the start of school transition I mean we haven't even had one full week yet so no it feels like it's been a show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um i'm really really tired yeah. because we're waking up early and you know my bedtime hasn't quite adjusted yet so we're all just exhausted so i've been leaning on just those shortcut ingredients and products that help me scratch together a very quick dinner. Also, my husband is on back on a high protein kick, so he's doing things like tossing 3 pounds of chicken breast into the instant pot to have on hand. So that's been really great and actually even though I haven't done the work that is some meal prep, but I am relying on the instant pot, throwing in big hunks of meat and then prepackaged grains prepackaged beans that are already seasoned, pre-shredded cheese, you know, like making enchiladas, making omelets. So that's where my head's at, but I know that this is just I've done this enough at this point Isaac is 14 where I'm like, okay, I don't have to like get all like my panties in a knot about this. This is the transition. It's going to be like this for a couple weeks. Everything's going to be fine. And then I'll move back into meal prepping and meal planning.
0: Yes. I feel like we are so aligned in a funny way. (laughs) Like we're sort of doing the same thing, same, same, but different. We're fully settled in back to school, I think. But the challenge in this season has been that Brian is still commuting to Atlanta a lot for work. And when it's just the kids and I I'm a little less motivated to like, cook a whole meal. So when Brian is home, whether he's like home for three or four days in a week, or like just on the weekend, I use that time to do a little bit more cooking, like I'll make a batch of beans, or instead of cooking one steak, I'll cook two steaks, or I'll cook Two boxes of pasta. And then those leftovers from those meals when Brian is home are what the kids and I eat during yeah. the week when he's gone. You know what's so funny? You're making me realize it's just so funny when kids like
2: transition into more adult like behaviors and
0: tastes. Yes.
2: I remember those days so well. Now, if I, if I were to serve. Isaac and he's actually said this in the past couple of weeks. <laughs> I've <I'm> scratched together <laughs> or whatever example. Didn't. Mike yes. is always, always super thankful. He's like, "Thank you, like you put in the effort. Yes. It's delicious, or it's delicious enough." He's really, really great about that. Oliver's still kind of little and likes whatever. Isaac's a little bit like this is a little bit lackluster, but okay. And I'm like, when did you? <laughs> when did you decide that you have a right to talk to me like that? Like you're supposed to be just be thankful for whatever I put on the table. Uh, I think his, I think his mindset is a little bit like, well, like I could have just ordered Chipotle and it's better than, you know what I mean? So he's kind of, which kind of get like sometimes when I scratch together dinners and it's rice from a package and beans from a package and enchilada sauce from a can, I'm like, this is good. It's totally serviceable, but it's not like, ah this is delicious and I'm so glad I made it I <laughs> feel like it's a treat yes. it's just it's just sustenance and like I get it he's like if we're just doing sustenance like I could have ordered my Popeye. well then we should sandwich. have
0: <laughs> well listen but you know
2: what he doesn't <laughs> know that's a whole package. thing <laughs> that is
0: another <laughs> there and that is another episode for another time
2: yes This is why I think what Cassie Joy is doing and talking about is so great because yes, you're going to have these seasons like we're having now where you're just going to scratch it together and it's all good. But when you can kind of get in a groove implementing the kinds of tools and strategies that Cassie joy is going to talk to us about and that her book promotes helps you get to the next level where you still have that convenience still quick. You're still doing yourself a future favor the same way you would when you pick up a package of preseason beans, but it's a little more delicious and satisfying. You get a little more bang for your buck, you know, that you've decided to cook and you get something that feels a little bit more satisfying in my
0: opinion. Yes. You talking about Isaac though just reminded me of this meme. I think I sent it to Didn't I just feed you's Instagram? So we'll see if we can find it and share it. It's not a meme, maybe it's a a reel or something of this woman and her husband in there in the kitchen and he's like, What are we having for dinner tonight? And she's flipping through a food a cookbook or a food magazine or something. She's like, Nothing. Yeah. And he's like, didn't we have nothing last night? And she's like, Yeah, I made enough for two nights <laughs> yes.
2: I feel like I shared
0: that with you because I was obsessed with it for a while. Yes. Okay. So we have to reshare it. So that can also be a strategy as you can have I nothing two nights in a row. Love it. Okay. Without further ado, should we introduce our wonderful, incredible guest for today? A hundred percent. Cassie Joy Garcia is the best-selling author of her latest book, Cook Once Dinner Fix, as well as the creative force behind the popular food blog, Fed and Fit. Eager to share her healthy living secrets with the world, she started Fed and Fit in 2011. After realizing that her own struggles to get a healthy homemade dinner on the table overlapped with the same struggles experienced by her readers, she decided there must be a better way. The Cook Once Method was born. She lives in San Antonio, Texas with her husband and two children, and she has a baby on the way. Welcome, Cassie Joy. Okay, so our longtime listeners know that Stacey and I are both big fans of meal prep or meal planning and, and, and or the combination of the two for families. Um, I know that you've written extensively about this, but can you talk to us a little bit about what inspired you to write Cook Once Dinner Fix and how it's different from your other book, which is also a little bit meal prep adjacent?
1: Yes. I'm going to try to give you the uh, abridged version of that answer. (laughs) So, you know, I cook once, eat all week. When I write a book, I like to think it's going to be the last book I ever write. And so (laughs) I threw it all in there and it became really clear that I wasn't done. I had not solved the dinner problem like I thought I had. with cook once, eat all week. It was beloved by many folks, but for many people who aren't a fan of having a prep day, for example. Or Cook Once, Eat All Week, My, that was that second book, called for a huge batch of, uh, let's say, chicken as a protein and broccoli as a vegetable and sweet potato as a starch. You b- batch cook all that on a weekend and assemble it into three big dinners. And folks were like, I mean, I love chicken, broccoli, and sweet potato as much as next person, but please don't make me eat it all week long. <laughs> <laughs> And so I really wanted to be able to mix up nutrients, maybe slim these dinner series is what I call it down into two meals instead of three huge meals, delete the prep day so that you don't have to carve out time on your weekend to actually follow these recipes. And then also another big wish that um, folks, users of Cook Once, Eat All Week had was for complete meals. And people were asking for, you know, I had a, a stuffed avocado boat, for example, in that book. And they're like, this is great. Is this all I eat for dinner? Or should I serve it with something? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. What do you have? Yeah, <laughs> What's your appetite? Yeah. <laughs> you figure it out, which apparently is not a very helpful answer. <laughs> <laughs> and so the call to action became really, really clear for me that I needed to tackle this again. And Cook One's Dinner Fix became, in a lot of ways, when I started developing the concept and wrapping my head around, I was like, oh this is actually how I cook in my own house. I don't yes. like to prep. I don't like to prep on the weekends. I like to prep for tomorrow's dinner while I'm making tonight's dinner and make essentially do future me favors along the way. And I also don't like fussy recipes. I but I but But I know that my family is going to want something fresh and different every single evening. And so that was really, that's the spirit behind
0: it. And we love that so much.
2: And I will say that what stood out to me is that I had to look twice almost because I was like, this dinner becomes this dinner? Wait, like how? They feel really different in a great way. And I was like, oh yeah, this is so clever. This is how this becomes this. Like two totally different vibes, which as a mom of two tween teen boys who do not like eating the same thing twice, unless it's Popeyes or pizza, (laughs) um, it's super, super helpful.
1: I'm so glad. And that was my hope is that when you are making these yes, we're repurposing that roasted chicken or the ground beef or the shredded pork into a different dinner, but nobody's going to know but you, right? That you got a head start on this 2 days ago.
0: Yes. I want to get down to some like really nitty-gritty brass hacks. And ask you how people who are maybe not used to doing things the cook once way can get in that sort of mindset, whether they have the book and they're cooking from it or they're they just want to take like their family favorites, cook that one night and then think about dinner in a fresh way for later in the week. What are the mindset things that we need to think about there?
1: The mindset things is when you're approaching mealtime is to think, what can I do right now that I can get a head start on for a future meal? And so let's say if a family favorite is spaghetti with meat sauce, that's a family favorite in my house, right? Ground beef. I use up all of the almost sad looking veggies in the veggie drawer, toss that (laughs) into the sauce and serve it with noodles. And our girls are super happy. My husband's happy. Everyone wins. And... Instead of just thinking I'm going to put the single pound of ground beef, that's what my family needs for a night right now, instead of just cooking that single pound of ground beef, before I put anything else in that pan, I'm actually going to double it. I'm going to brown two pounds of ground beef tonight, scoop out the half that I don't need for this meat sauce, and save it to make a burrito bowl for dinner tomorrow night. You know, and of course, I've got examples of that in the book of how that works out. But that's the thinking. You can put this together yourself. Or when you are, if you have leftover, you make a roasted chicken. You went for it. You roasted a whole chicken, and you've got leftover roasted chicken. Instead of thinking how I'm gonna, how can I reheat this roasted chicken so it's exactly the same as when we had it the first time, and and enjoy these leftovers? I say deconstruct it, chop it up, and turn it into Sonoma chicken salad. Right. And it's about thinking about by the by the time so in dinner time in my family. Well, maybe I cook for forty five minutes, and then we eat dinner in seven and a half minutes on yes. our best <laughs> height, right? And then I'm washing dishes for forty five minutes because I'm very pregnant right now, and my husband's bathing the girls, and I can't bend over the bathtub, so I'm happy to take that chore. But <laughs> when washing the dishes, I think, oh my gosh, I. All of that. I mean, I'm proud I fed my family. I'm proud their bellies are full. That makes me very happy. But all that effort for seven and a half minutes. And instead of it just being over, the way that you can think about mealtime is what can I do so the dinner's not over? Like, I know that I've just done myself a huge favor because I got a head start on something in the future.
2: Yes. And you know what I love about your approach is that, and Megan and I talk about this too, going back to some, like the fundamentals, the building blocks of your meal plan, right? Or of the meals that you like to eat. So I think a lot of people think while making meat sauce, let me double the meat sauce. Then you got to figure out what to do with meat sauce. And sure, you can turn it into a sloppy Joe and that feels different than pasta, or you can turn it into lasagna, which is a different kind of pasta, but it's, kind of all the same vibe and especially as your kids get older they pick up on that real quick <laughs> going back to the like foundations thinking about your proteins, your grains, your beans and and doubling there and then putting it aside and then continuing on your work is super super smart for keeping a variety of foods going in the house. I also just want to say that I encourage people who have older kids to you can Quadruple too. (laughs) Like, you know, if you're cooking one roast chicken, actually roast two chickens. You know, you don't just have to like think about how much your family eats. This is still possible, even if you have huge appetites, because the idea of there being leftovers from one roast chicken is like, that's over in my house. That time has passed. And just kind of recently, like it used to be enough, but it isn't anymore. So like, don't be afraid to go for it. Buy those family packs, like three pounds of ground meat. It still works.
0: Absolutely. Here's what I really wanna know because you sort of mentioned this about the avocado boats is like, how do you plan for sides, and specifically parents who are really concerned about like getting more veggies in veggie sides?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. You know, I think it depends on starting with your family's taste. I would start with the lowest common denominator is what will my family eat? And I would start there. You know, I think that we can really push the envelope on some parts of our plates. But if getting some vegetables into our family is a priority, let's start with the ones that we know that they're going to enjoy or the style of food that we know they're going to enjoy. And then let that inform where you go. So if your family, you know, they, they can kind of get behind broccoli and maybe they can get behind it if it's crispy and roasted in the oven, right? Because that's really fun and delicious. It's a great way to have broccoli. And so I would just start thinking about if you're looking to mix up or add more to your plate, it's okay to repeat some of those side dishes every once in a while. It doesn't necessarily mean they're leftovers, but it's okay to have three of them in your back pocket that you always have on hand to pull together to add to a meal.
2: I love that. Cause it also fits with your strategy. Cause if you, if everybody likes roasted broccoli, make a big ass sheet pan of roasted broccoli or two, <laughs> and then you have that for the rest of the week. It makes it a lot easier. I agree that vegetables is like, not the place where we're, you know, necessarily Doing tons of experimenting, especially when the kids are little and they don't care about repeats on the veggies. Listen, some
0: of us need that permission slip though that you both just gave us. Like, yeah. I'm the person who's feeling guilty that I buy three bags of mini cucumbers every week right now because <laughs> that's like the kids' favorite vegetable and I can put different seasoning on it and it's still exciting in a lunchbox and at dinner time somehow for both of my kids right now. So, thank you for that.
2: Is it exciting I,
0: yeah. for you, Megan? You know, I cucumbers. also, yeah. I mean, I like cucumbers, but I <laughs> if they're if they can have that and I can add veggies to my meal in another way, then that feels fine to me.
2: All right, so this is a big question that I feel like mostly non meal planners ask meal planners. <laughs> mm-hmm. And your strategy kind of straddles this meal plan, non-meal plan mode, because I feel like it's really great if you're writing it out, because you can see like I'm cooking chicken on Monday, I'm going to reuse that chicken on Wednesday. But if you just get in the kitchen and you're a fly by your, you know, the seat of your pants kind of cook, and you're roasting a chicken, and you're just thinking about those foundations again, you can say, oh, great. Okay. Like, Let me pull some of this aside for another meal. So I think it works even if you're not a meal planner. But what about people who are like, oh, but what if my mood changes? Like, what if I don't want chicken on Wednesday? you know, or there's change of plans or there's play dates or practice, you know, gets moved to a different time. How do you personally think about or plan for the anomalies that come up in life when you have this whole nice little neat plan and it doesn't quite work out? It never
1: works out. It's never worked (laughs) out 100% to plan. I love planning. I get out my planner and I write everything down and that's not fair. Maybe one in 30 weeks. I'm like, wow, everything actually went according to plan this week. (laughs) Um, I think that giving up on that and knowing that that's okay, that it, that things go awry and real life happens is part of the process. Um, And building in a way of some rebound habits, right? How do we rebound? Ooh, I like that. Right. From uh, what's going on in our life. So practice is running late, or it's been a day. And maybe it's just that's just, that's it. You're like, I can't even possibly get out. I can't even roast the broccoli tonight, whatever it is. I think that what I do is build these plans. And sometimes my meals just kind of get pushed. So maybe I meant to make the chicken chimichangas, baked chimichangas tonight. I already have the shredded chicken ready to go. I already have the slaw already chopped. I just need to roll them and put them in the oven, but it's just not going to happen. As I say, well, I'll make that tomorrow night or tonight. We're going to swap every Friday. We do a pizza night, but we're going to do pizza tonight. And I'm going to make the chimichangas on Friday. Or if it's really not going to happen that week, then I usually give myself a little mental timer. And if I hit day three or four, I pack it up and I freeze it. And yes. I, you know, and save it for later. And then it's still a win. You're still doing future you a favor. And when you're freezing, let's say proteins or freezer friendly vegetables, and I have a whole bunch of guides in here. Cause that's one of my most asked questions is what can I freeze? How do I freeze it? How do I it? all of those kinds of things? And so I've got that hopefully very thoroughly answered. But one of my biggest tips is freeze things in the portion you're actually going to use. So if you know that your family needs, let's say, three pounds of shredded pork for a meal. That's what they're going to polish off tonight. There's going to be no leftovers. Don't pack more than that in a freezer container because the odds of you using it in the future is going to be less. And so pack it up in the actual meal kit you actually need and then freeze it for later and then order takeout and it's all going to be okay.
2: I love that. I love the idea of just not abandoning, you know, and just thinking <laughs> well, like I'm someone whose life changes a lot or my mood changes, therefore I must not be a meal planner. I think is, you know, thinking that traps a lot of people. So I love this concept of rebound habits and knowing that just because you've made a meal plan doesn't mean you're married to it. <laughs> like you can you can move on. Like you can make adjustments. Totally.
1: And you know, that's something else that I was actually just chatting with my team about this. So let's say if it's a ground beef meal and you're doing a ground beef series and meal two of the ground beef are burrito bowls. All right. And you're like, I'm just not feeling burrito bowls. Flip to another ground beef recipe and make yes. one that you do like. And lean into it that way, and you're gonna get to a point my I really like to build recipes that do not have fussy ingredients, so the odds of you having these things already on hand or they're readily available is really high, and so just kind of i I'm that way. I'm a rebel. my tendency is a rebel of the four tendencies, and so I'm constantly resisting my plan and saying, "You know what? I feel like this, and I just go with it. okay,
2: so have you always been a meal planner then? It was by necessity,
1: <laughs> yes.
2: It was by necessity, but I love that because I think that, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is like, what if you're not a meal planner at all? You know, people ask Megan and I that a lot and we're always like, okay, like we'll help I know. you with that. You
0: have it, but also you have like a sort of snarky... Response, which is like, even if you were standing in front of the fridge at five thirty, looking at what to cook, you're still meal, you're meal planning. planning. You're just doing it a little bit closer to the meal than everyone else. So, like, and under more everyone and under more stress, <laughs> maybe or more inspired. Under I don't know. Okay. On your okay. <laughs> Can play advocate there because I'm leaning on that strategy a lot right now. But <laughs> I think that's just a good reminder that, like. Everyone is a meal prepper. It's just different approaches. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's true. It's going to look different for your preferences, your lifestyle, your days flow. Uh, but you're right. I think that if you're standing in front of the fridge and you're, st- it's five o'clock and dinner's in thirty minutes, or at least that's when we have dinner right now because we have right? a very young family. But you know, you you are planning your meal. You still are planning it. You're just doing it on the back end, and that's something that I think. When I think about the emotional roller coaster leading up to mealtime, it can constantly, if you're in that mode, and I've lived that life a lot, and I do still a lot, it is either an uphill climb and you get to the point where you're like, it's 4.30, 5 Uh o'clock, uh-oh, uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? I don't know. And you're going to have to piece it together and the stress starts to mount. It feels like an uphill climb versus if you were able to, and you have the space to plan a, a, just even a day ahead or the morning of, or if you're really on it, the weekend beforehand and you already have the groceries, dinner becomes a downhill slide instead of an uphill climb. And I hope that that what it gives you is a little bit more, you know, mental space around mealtime.
2: I imagine organization plays a big role in the success of your strategy, especially if you're not a meal planner. Can you give us like your top three, like time saving organizational tips for your kitchen?
1: I would love to. There are some of them are a little funky. Okay. So I'm going to give you the weird one first. Are you ready? (laughs) We love
0: it. We love weird. Give us weird.
1: So, one of my favorite time saving tips is when you go to the grocery store or if you're like me and you couldn't shake the pandemic grocery ordering when the groceries show up at your house, it's just a part of the budget now. Um, When the groceries show up, you probably ordered your groceries with a meal in mind. You know, maybe you're not meal planning. Maybe you're not thinking we're going to have spaghetti and meat sauce on Tuesday, but you kind of have an idea of the things you want to make this week, right? That's why you brought these particular foods into your house. And so I say, while it's still top of mind, go ahead and arrange your groceries in bins if you have them or just groupings of the ingredients you need for that dish. So if your family just loves the heck out of this chili recipe that you make all the time, I say put everything needed for that chili together in the pantry. Maybe it's in a bag, maybe it's in a bin, maybe it's just in a corner. Even the can of beans goes into the pantry. And so that when it comes time to pull that dish together, that chili together, you're not having to say, think, oh gosh, yes. Oh, which beans? Beans. I need the beans. Oh, I need the onion. And you're rummaging and trying to find everything that adds time. It adds to the stress. Instead, you're just able to say, oh, here it is. Here's everything I need. I've got cold beans, but that's not going to hurt anything. It's a little unconventional, but it's actually going to save you time. So I would say that's number one.
2: You know, what's awesome about that too, because on weeks when I don't plan Mm -hmm. but I do. You're right. I'm totally shopping with a meal in mind. And then, you know, four days later, I was like, what was I going to make with this? (laughs) I have no clue. Having everything together also becomes a trigger and takes out all the thinking, which I think is what we all really want to encourage people to do. We want there to have to be as little thinking as possible at 5.30 or 5, whenever you're cooking, right? Because that's when it gets stressful. Okay. Yes. So genius, genius. Yay! Keep going, I'm, give us more. <laughs>
1: okay. Um another one is I talked about kind of the sad veggies uh earlier like the half of an onion. Um but I say have a ve- I have a veggie bowl in my refrigerator. So when you have a recipe calls for two carrots and you have three extra carrots in your bag, and you're know, like, "When it, we're gonna, we'll snack on them." We all tell ourselves that lie. I'm gonna snack on these carrots later in the week, and then they get pushed to the bottom of the veggie drawer, and we forget about it. And so I say, pull out the whenever the carrots you have the leftover carrots, put them in your veggie drawer or bowl. The half of an onion, maybe you chopped up half of the onion, you served it on top of the chili. That's how my husband loves chilies with fresh onion on top, but he doesn't need a whole one. You know, and so the what do I do with the other half of the onion, I put it in my veggie bowl instead of putting it in the drawer to where it becomes a sad, sad onion I've forgotten about and then have to throw away. And so everything goes in there, the rest of the mushrooms, all of the things, the the snacky veggies that my kiddos didn't want to eat. And then instead of all of those things eventually going to waste and taking up time and space and I feel guilty about it, when I make either a stir fry with a noodle dish, like an Asian style noodle dish, I try it. That's one of my like one-off meals throughout the week. Toss all of that into a skillet or that, uh, meat sauce dish that I mentioned, everything gets put into the pot and simmered until it's nice and soft. It ups the veggie content of that dish. It's always different every time everyone's down for a different experience, but, uh, the food waste is, is less. And I feel like I'm really prepared for that meal when it comes time to it, because I just grab in that bowl. That's so smart.
2: I can't believe I've never
0: thought of that, Megan. I know. i like, I haven't even heard that as a suggestion. It's before. so smart in all the conversations about yeah food waste and organi- kitchen organization. Something. And I thought
2: you were going to like freeze it and you know for your veggie stock, your homemade veggie stock, which I have heard and we've recommended, and that could work too. That but you're asking people to make veggie stock which like some people are like okay i'll never do that and then it it goes sad <laughs> in the freezer instead of in the fridge so you know this is another like more expansive way of thinking about that oh my gosh keep going give us one Yay. more Okay, my last
1: one isn't quite as zany, but I really believe in it, (laughs) is when you have your cutting board out to just keep chopping. If you have the time, (laughs) if you have the time, and for me, dinner time is when also my kids need me the most. And so it's probably not like five o'clock is not when I'm thinking, gosh, what can I chop next? Like that's (laughs) That's not the time of day. But at 3 p.m., I might have a little extra time. Um, You know, They're distracted coloring or something like that is keeping their attention. And if you've got your cutting board out, just keep going. If you can open up your veggie drawer and look at the carrots and say, I'm gonna peel those three random carrots and I'm gonna roughly chop them and toss them in my veggie bowl so it's ready for that sauce that I'm going to make. Or I'm gonna keep chopping the rest of this onion. Onion and garlic is another one of my favorite things too. Even if you're not a meal prepper, everyone can do this and you're going to be so thankful you did is when you come home from the grocery store or you've got the cutting board already out and it's a good time of day for you is to keep chopping the rest of that onion and put the onion and the garlic in mason jars with lids in your refrigerator. I date them like a true geek because I'm going to forget. I'm going to say, "Oh, I'll remember that I did this on Monday, the 13th, but I won't, I won't remember that. Um, in four days. I'm going to like, is that last week's garlic? And then I'm less likely to use it. So I date it. And then because every recipe calls for onion and garlic, all I have to do is open the jar instead of, here we go again. I'm getting out the cutting board. I'm peeling the onion. I'm crying again. I can just take spoonfuls of it and stick it in the skillet and I'm ready to go.
2: I used to, when I was preparing school lunches, There were days where I would just leave my cutting board out from the morning from when I like cut the cucumber and I'm a crazy neat freak. And also the kitchen is my office space, right? So I like to clean everything up right away. Megan has seen me in action. I'm like cleaning as I go. Like when I'm done and dinner's over, like clean kitchen, that's how I like it. So it would actually bug me. But I did find that when I just literally the act of leaving the cutting board there would instigate really helpful habits because I'd go upstairs, do some computer work, then come downstairs to prep myself a little lunch. And I'm like, oh, the cutting board's here. It's already out. Let me just cut that onion and whatever because I know dinner prep time is going to be hectic. And I would do exactly what you were saying. So I think even taking it a step further and just encouraging people that just keep the tools out. Don't be a crazy neat freak and have to put it all away, <laughs> Stacy,
0: Or be Crazy neat freak, but a reminder that you can do it anytime of day. Yes. yes.
2: <laughs> Live with your discomfort, stacy <laughs> Okay. Oh, sorry,
0: that was a therapy moment for myself. It was. It was. Go. Sometimes episodes move on, are like that. Move on. <laughs> okay. It's now time where we get to play our favorite game, <laughs> which is kiss Mary kill and since mm-hmm. you are such a queen of meal prep we thought it would be fun to talk about meal prep containers Ooh. so the idea is like one of them you have like a little love affair with one you <laughs> like isn't essential and the other one is something that you could get rid of to kill it off so of glass meal prep containers mm-hmm divided meal prep containers Mm -hmm. and bags for meal prep, whether they're single-use plastic or you prefer reusable, we would like to know, which would you kiss, marry, and kill?
1: Oh gosh, I am going to kiss glass containers. I'm so glad to have them, grateful to use them, (laughs) I feel great about it. I'm like, look at me go. This is such a sustainable option. And I can also, you know, reheat something in it with peace of mind in the microwave. Right. Nice. I would marry the bags. <laughs> really? Okay. This is <laughs> I not love I was expecting. It. you Say <laughs> more. Yes. This is the real, real. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if everyone wants to hang up now, I wouldn't blame you.
0: <laughs> no, I'm here for this. But do you, okay, so do you prefer a reusable bag or a single use, or is there room in your kitchen for both? And say why you want to have a lifelong love affair with them.
1: (laughs) So they're just so, like, you can just, I can store a heck of a lot more if I've got it in a bag. Um, And I do, I have, I've, I've probably been reusing the same plastic bags a lot. Um, I label them with tape on them so that I can just take the tape off and then write on there so that I can wash them and let them air dry. Um, I have some reusable bags that I like, but the plastic ones, honestly, I find are just more effective uh, at keeping the air out. And I use them in my freezer. The reason why I just couldn't, I don't ever want to live a life without them is because when I am, I like to meal prep for my freezer as well. And like I said, you know, if some, if the, when the week, not if it, when the week goes awry and I have the shredded chicken that I'm not going to be using, I put it in a bag and I label it and I stick it in the freezer and I will freeze them flat. And then once they're frozen, tilt them up on their side. And then I have like a library book of these bags and it becomes so just great on the eyes and the brain when I opened up my freezer and I say, here are my options, like a crock pot meal, putting all of those, like a soup, all the soup ingredients into a bag, freezing it flat and then turning it upright. It is just so nice uh, for usually postpartum me to just be like, this one is what I'm grabbing and going.
0: Yes. So divided containers are going. They're such a gem of Instagram. You see them everywhere on Instagram. I don't own or use them. So I've always wondered, like, is it just an aesthetic thing? I'm sure it's really practical for like people who take their lunch to work, etc.
1: Yes. And I own them. And honestly, I don't use them. They take up space in my drawer, which is why I'd like to off them. Uh, maybe I should donate them. <laughs> I was but just going
2: to say, I hope we have, it, I hope we have sparked something for you. <laughs> yes, I probably, this is like a need to carve
1: out some margin in my drawers and just get rid of them. I just find myself not grabbing them because the number of times that I am storing things that need to not touch my kids, lunch is one thing, right? But they have their lunch boxes for that. Yes. Divided right. containers are like adult lunchables and it's not how I usually eat. And so I... I would probably not use them when I'm having leftovers from the meal. I've had to use them to like pour the ground beef in there because that's the only container I use. And then what am I doing? I'm like cleaning out three different containers where the ground beef was. It's just not as, it's
0: not as practical for me. Totally. I'm here
2: for your answers.
0: I'm surprised and delighted. (laughs) I am too. That's how I feel.
2: Cassie. This has been
0: so fun. So We'd like fun. to give you a chance uh in the last few minutes if there's anything besides your beautiful book that you want to tell people about that you'll be doing in October because we'll this will air October 3rd.
1: Oh gosh, I'll be stocking my freezer with bags to get yeah. ready to have another baby. What? Is, what, <laughs> what is did it, your baby do? Early December. Um, oh yeah.
0: So oh. you'll be in the thick of it because you want to prep and do holidays. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's just you- hysterical thinking about it now <laughs> this is your third yes this is number three yes. all right do you have other holiday babies
2: or when
0: like
1: i have a late january and then i had a baby uh in april at the beginning of the pandemic
0: oh wow yes that i'm sure was super intense i was going to say I have a November fifth baby, like a, su- a son who was born on November fifth, and it was like the holiday after he was born was awesome because you can be like, um, we can't the baby, and like skip out on a lot of things, and it's just like oh. such great snuggle time where you don't feel the pressure to like be out and about as much. I love. So that. I'm kind of excited for you.
1: Oh, they, I'm excited too, and that the cold weather, you know, being able to just put a newborn like right here. And cuddle up with them. You know, you know, work is busy when I'm thinking about my maternity leave. It's going to be a vacation. (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) totally. (laughs) Totally. It is. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay. So Megan, great concrete strategies.
2: But my favorite thing from our conversation with Cassie Joy are her tips
0: Yes, Uh, that
2: veggie bowl tip. I know. So freaking smart because I would add my vegetable scraps to a freezer bag for veggie stock. Like I mentioned when we were talking to Cassie, but those are scraps. And it is true that that sad two carrots left in the bunch because you only needed three. (laughs) One hundred percent always goes to waste. And this is just such a smart way of making sure you reduce food waste. And also it means take five minutes right now, right? Decide on like four recipes that you love that just use general vegetables, maybe a soup, maybe a stew, maybe a stir fry. I don't know what else. A pasta, like a pasta sauce that you can just like throw a bunch of veggies into a food processor and add it to the sauce and it works. And then one of those four or five recipes that you just came up with can always be slotted as one of your meals. Cause you know, you're going to always need to use up that veggie bowl. Like now done already. Like, boom, you only need to plan <laughs> five or six meals instead of six or seven right now. Done for you. I love automating stuff like that because it saves you so much time.
0: Yes. I want to say though, the bowl language is like a slightly, or could be slightly confusing. I would just do this strategy in like a large Tupperware in my fridge. Oh,
2: you were visualizing
0: like a big, a legit bowl. bowl. (laughs) And then I was like, oh my, like I was opening my fridge after our interview being like, where the f*** am I going to put a bowl? (laughs) (laughs) so anyways that was my I don't know if that was just me being like a dumb but language matters right and so maybe if you don't have I have a like we have a very small fruit bowl where little pieces of like overripe fruit that can't sit on the counter anymore go or like you know when you take an avocado and it's perfectly ripe and you want to save it for a little bit longer that goes in there but like having a big ass bowl that like a carrot can fit in (laughs) it's not happening
2: i also think you could maybe chop the carrot up a little bit so okay this, yes i'm gonna but listen to me i can't fit a single goddamn bowl in my fridge <laughs> so i don't even know how you get the small ones for your overripe fruit so i think that was a very important point
0: okay thank you thank you and also <laughs> the other thing about it being like an open bowl is like if you cut up an onion isn't gonna make the fridge smell like an onion i'm sure like yeah. there's a no, little there, bit there there's a lot but. of logistics. <laughs> yes this is my brain okay so also my favorite part of talking with cassie joy was um playing kiss mary kill with her because i was really surprised i did not think that she would choose bags as like one of her why i
2: want to know why you did you know know. they're my favorite too
0: it is a thing where you get a certain impression from following someone on social media like the fed and fit Instagram is like beautifully I know she has a team they talk the website even talks about the team there it's more than one person running the show there but there are the like cool divided containers on the fed and fit Instagram and I think of that as like oh you're a meal prepper of course you're gonna like you even if it's only divided in half you're gonna use the divided containers for meal prep and like Classic bags are not as aesthetically pleasing. So I did. I made an assumption there that as a person who is a meal prepper, that there's an aesthetic component to her analytical and organizational brain.
2: I hear you. I was just looking at her Instagram right now. It's good, cause, right? Because it's, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's very really um, aspirational. I thought you were going to say that it was a reusable... Disposable plastic environmental issue,
0: which it could be right, but she could very be. clear that she reuses the plat, the single use as often that. as possible. And that it's more like a logistic thing that she chooses those over reusable bags more frequently. But
2: I do think this is a very quick, interesting, like, let's be really fast about this, but it's an interesting conversation, especially when you're talking about meal prepping and you're encouraging people to do, you know, cook once, eat twice, because you will need to store things. Right. And we recently got some feedback from a listener saying that they feel like we are too encouraging of single use plastics. Yes. And we're not shaming enough. Yes. That, that is what it felt like. Right. But we were very clear that we have thought about this. We are not like our expertise is not in environmental science and,
0: you know, intersectional environmentalism, any of that.
2: It's not our, we're interested in it. We know that it matters, which is why we've given voice to it and have, have had conversations on the show about it. And we know that it really does impact the choices you make in the kitchen. There's so much packaging and et cetera. But for us, it's really about empowering people to make their own decisions. And we really want above all else, we really think it's important for people to experience joy. And we think that being in the kitchen and food and eating and Pulling people together around food is such a primal source of joy for humans, and in reality, at this point in the environmental crisis, we feel like the major onus is on government and industry they're oh, the ones journalism. who are going to make yeah. a change that's going to really matter like and that's where we want to put
0: bag or not yes, and that's where we want not... to put some effort, like I would rather spend yeah. time. Emailing my senators and trying 100%. to make change at a higher level than worrying about my plastic reusable washing. Right. Especially
2: gonna be stressful or whatever, whatever your reason is. So I say that to say that I was here for Cassie Joy's choices. Yes. I also love Ziploc bags and I try to reuse them as much as possible. But there's always, you know, there's always a moment. When it just like, it stinks too much or the oil from your tomato sauce has stained the bag and you can't reuse it and you throw it away. So if that's something that matters to you, we get it. There are lots of silicone options out there right now, but I do think that for this kind of strategy, having a set of tools that you like, that you can freeze, that storing your fridge without taking up a lot of room, like a bowl (laughs) are really important.
0: Yes, now of course, like you made a beautiful, eloquent point, and I want to play "Kiss, Mary, Kill." <laughs> yeah, let's, <laughs> do it. let's do it. You are perhaps the clean? better what? podcast host than me. Okay, "Kiss, Mary, Kill." I think we should t- make it a meal prep Ooh. theme, but not the containers thing that we did with Cassie. Okay, okay, okay? okay. So, ready? Uh, let's talk about techniques. Meal prepping this, this okay. in this game, the concept is okay. you're like cooking a batch of sweet potatoes, a batch of chicken and a batch of broccoli to like use, however, either all together or separately throughout the week or. Meal planning, where you don't have to do any prep, but you've laid out a plan for your week. So you're spending your time doing that and shopping for it. And maybe even using Cassie Joy's technique of organizing everything when you get home for those meals. Okay. Or this idea of intentional leftovers, where when you're cooking, you're either prepping things or cooking double of something to eat later in the week. Oh, kiss, marry, kill.
2: Can I start with what I'm with, what I'm going to marry?
0: Sometimes that's easiest, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to marry meal planning.
0: Okay.
2: I'll tell you why. Because like a marriage, (laughs) it ups and it flows.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) Right. Like sometimes you're like, this is amazing. (laughs) I'm killing the game a great freaking partner and this thing is a great partner to me. I said thing, not because Mike is a thing, but because I was thinking of. Yes. <laughs> and it's something that I always return to it's, it's foundational. Like I don't always do it well. I'm not always in love with it, but it's the thing that always ultimately brings me back to center. Okay. I feel like meal prepping and intentional leftovers. There's a lot of overlap. But I'm going to say, I feel like meal, what's the, okay, tell me the difference again that you're saying is between meal prepping and intentional leftovers. Okay.
0: So meal prepping for this game is like, you're setting aside two hours on the weekend to do some prep versus like intentional leftovers. You're just doing double the work when you're already cooking a meal.
2: Okay. So I'm killing meal prep then. Okay. The purpose of this game. Yes. I only. don't, I, that's really hard for me. I used to do it more when the kids were little because there were nap times or you remember when weekends were like, we have to go out in the morning or yes. in the afternoon and then they need a nap and then we're going to wind down time. You know, there was a lot more time at home. And now sometimes I do have a lot of time at home uninterrupted because this one's at practice. This one's out with his friends. But I'm not cooking, like I'm chilling. I'm trying to like regroup for the week and take care of myself. So I really love the idea of kissing intentional leftovers. I don't think I return to it quite as devotedly as I do meal planning, but it's really great. And it's like, it makes you love yourself because you, you know, you cook three pounds of pork in your instant pot. And then on the night that you're tired, you're like, oh my God, I have all this protein already cooked. Like I can just toss it with a jar of sauce or make enchiladas. And I don't know. It makes you want to kiss yourself. Like
0: you're so excited. Yes. All right. What about you? I just am 100% in agreement with you. So. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like meal planning has been with me my whole life. It'll never yeah. go away. Even if I don't use it every single week, it's just one of those tools. And it's it very much, honestly, is like instant gratification. You don't even have to grocery shop to meal plan. You can like totally. just go into your fridge and be like, I'm going to use up these things. I'm going to use up this stuff from the pantry. And like, maybe I need to grab five or six things, but I'll do that even later. And you all like you already feel like you've got your together even if you don't percent really... cause the Which... thing about
2: the intentional leftovers is that for me, I'm gonna always be a little bit stressed if I go to the fridge and I don't know what I'm making. Like,, yeah. oh my God, I'm so excited. I found all that pork, but I still have to think about what to make, and that feels a little bit stressful for me. So I don't know, it's a control freak thing in me that even I like pairing intentional leftovers with a meal plan. Because at the end of the day, I want to marry stability.
0: (laughs) This is what I'm, this is what we're saying. Also for me, I'm one of those people who the idea of meal prep is like broadly appealing. But when I like have actually ever done it, I'm, I always find myself with like leftover, too much food or leftovers. And I'm definitely one of those people who like, I look at meal prep and I'm like, that's really cool that you prepped six meals for this week. But like, what what about when it goes wrong or like, you're just not in the mood at like, I need more flexibility than that. Meal prep yeah, feels too rigid to me, which I know there are people who really love it and feel like it's actually the, it, the opposite of that. But it's not me.
2: I also am not as great at using my freezer as I should be. I kind of go in and out of being good at using yeah, the freezer, I do too. which I think is a function of the fact that my freezer sucks.
0: Yes, but I anyway. miss having my garage freezer that we had in Boise very much right now. I'm trying yeah, to figure like, out if there's a place where I can have one again. I have two drawers. Yeah. And it's like everything gets dumped in there.
2: There's no way to do that. When I was so jealous of Cassie when she was like,
0: and then I just turned it upright and I have a whole library of things. Yes. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I want that. I have drawers. I also. want that. I too. feel like organizationally, drawer freezers are the hardest. I. Couldn't agree more. It's, it's like really, abyss. really hard. Because so we you went to yeah, an expert. Stacking yes, <gasps>
2: that's a great idea. We
0: need an expert to help us figure it out.
2: We do, and you know well, who else are experts and can weigh in on meal prep and meal planning and intentional leftovers, as well as hey guys, if you have any tips on how to organize drawer freezers, we need to know. We need right, them. yes, it's our community. They're going to help.
0: Yes, please. So tell us what you think. Tell us how to get our our freezer lives together. Join our community (laughs) by visiting didn't I just feed you.com backslash community. We offer a free listeners group and also a supporting membership that comes with lots of perks, including two exclusive episodes every month. They're no longer minis, you guys. We're no longer saying they're minis. They're long (laughs) ass episodes. Live events, lifetime access to our private Instagram feed and a huge quarterly giveaway.
2: You can also find us on Instagram as at didn't I just feed you and you can subscribe to our newsletter right from there. Or if you want to go to didn't I just feed you.com and sign up there.
0: And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Dan and I Just Feed You wherever you get your podcast, so that you don't miss an episode. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well fed until next week. What is something you would never eat? I would never Take eat it. fish. Take I don't it. like fish.